Welcome back, C-Town. It's Greyhound time. New to Greyhound time, hailing from Glenridge Elementary School. He's an inch away from six feet tall, a one-year JV soccer star, three-year varsity baseball player, number four on the field, but number one in our hearts, Sam Toothbrush Seawalk. And he's 5'3 on a good day, two-time JV soccer captain and current manager, a three-year varsity baseball player, Mr. Adam Jaff Daddy Jaffe. So what's up, everyone? Sam and I are in the Catalyst Business Program right now, and we just loved what Jimmy and Armand did last year, and we went to Justin Hildebrand, the advisor of Greyhound Time, and we asked if there was any way we could help out with the podcast. Um, so Adam and I are going to be working with fundraising, but also we'll be rotating hosts with Ingrid and CC. so we will be a brand new personality for you guys to listen to. Before we get into today's podcast, big news for the Hounds. High contact sports have been cleared to play, so look out for the football game tomorrow First Afton at 7 o'clock. In today's episode, we're bringing you three seniors from the varsity soccer team. The Hounds are 1-2 and two this season with a shootout win over Webster, thanks to Alex Kramer. I'd like to welcome to Greyhound time forward Zach Stapleton, midfielder Ben Brewer, and center back Ned Thompson. What's up, guys? Hello. Thanks for having us. It's good to have you on the show today. So, um, uh, let's, get you, let's get to know you guys as athletes and as soccer players. So, can you just tell us all how you first got into soccer? Yeah, um, I used to play, like, uh, rec soccer back in the day at, like, the old Wydown Middle School. Old Wydown Middle School with, with Zach here. And, and, and Sam. And, and Sam. Sam. Yeah. And probably Adam. Yeah, I used to be on the rec team back then. Yeah. Adam got excluded. And they didn't make it to our Gallagher team. Yeah. No, yeah. I, I was invited to the Gallagher team, but I never, never ended up That is not for debate, but, yeah. I don't know about that. He was on the practice squad. <laughs> and then we all started playing Gallagher probably in, like, third grade. Third grade. Yeah. And ever since then. Except I played Fuse starting in 7th grade, and we ended up playing your guys' Gallagher team. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Ben, what about when you were in Cincinnati? <laughs> so Cincinnati doesn't have that many uh, like competitive teams for select, so I just played rec soccer, but it was definitely still a lot of fun. Did, was that transition hard, coming from Cincinnati and then starting up playing soccer again in St. Louis? Did you see a noticeable difference? Not with like skill level. I think like moving like schools is definitely hard, but soccer definitely like helped like so I could make friends. Yeah, that makes a lot of sense. I know Adam Schmidt said that after he moved, that that was one of the things that helped him was just being able to have a group of guys. So that makes a lot of sense. Um, so do you think players need to get involved at a young age to make it to the varsity level in soccer? Like, all of you guys started playing at a really young age and then continued as you went on. Do you think that you need to start that young, or is it possible to start in high school? Um, I mean, it kind of depends if you just have, like, natural, like, athletic ability. Like yourself. <laughs> well, I mean, it's pretty hard to like start in high school with no experience in the sport and become pretty good at it. But I mean, with any sort of athletic ability, it's pretty easy to get good at anything. I mean, I would say if you're starting freshman year for the first time, the odds that you'll ever play much at a varsity level for any sport is pretty much very, very low. So starting earlier can help you be able to perform at the higher levels in high school. I also, I agree with what Ned said, that if you're athletic, probably for like a high school level, it would be fine, but probably for like club, it would, you would be struggling. Yeah, Yeah, and so do you, you all have played club soccer, and has that been a big part of your ability to play at the varsity level? And is that competition still to this day? I know, Zach, you play club still. Is it more difficult playing for a select team than it is playing for the varsity level, or is there a, not that much of a difference? 
I mean, I'd say there's not that much of a difference, really. In high school, it's definitely more physical, and because when you're playing club, you're playing against people your age, but if you're playing on varsity as a sophomore or junior, you're playing kids a year older than you or two years older than you, so obviously there's a size difference and a skill difference because they have two more years of experience than you, so they can be quicker than you, better on the ball, all of that just goes into the speed of the game and how well you can move throughout the game and show your skills in the game. Yeah, when I <coughs> when I played um, club soccer back in middle school, I never played on like the best team. So definitely coming into high school my freshman year, it was a lot uh, harder competition, like a lot more physical and fast. Yeah, and you were on varsity freshman year. How was that? It was a lot of fun. It was, it was. Um, I mean, I didn't. You know, I didn't play every minute of every game, but it was a lot of fun to, like, be with upperclassmen and kind of, like, get to see what high school's like since they had already, a lot of them had already, you know, they were seniors already, and it's kind of cool to see, you know, how they turned out and stuff like that. Um, so do you think that's helped you become, like, the leader you are today? And I know you joined the varsity squad before Zach and Ben, but this applies to all three of you. Um, what does it take to be a leader? Do you think it takes... Um, that like experience starting at a young age or is it just um, just like looking um, and seeing what the older guys are doing on the field? Um, I don't really think it takes I feel like being a leader isn't that much about your ability it's more about how you like um, talk to people and how you like uh, hold yourself accountable in certain situations um, so I don't really think like starting playing at a young age or being super talented really plays into being a good leader. Was that, do you think that transition, like coming from an underclassman up to um, now the senior you are today, was that difficult because now you realize you have to lead this team or did it kind of come naturally? Um, I guess it sort of came naturally since I wasn't totally expecting to be uh, a leader since, I don't know, Soccer kind of came naturally to me, and I didn't, and I haven't always been the most vocal in the team or the most the person that's always talking to people or, you know, making people feel good. Yeah, and Ben and Zach, you guys are captains this year. What's yeah, that been like? even though we haven't played all four years, I definitely feel like, like Zach mentioned earlier, there's different ages um, of people on the team. So, like for example, we have three freshmen on the team this year, and some more sophomores, and they have never played varsity before. So you just have to like make them feel included. Yeah, I'd say with being a leader, going off what Ned said, it's more more so than skill on the field. It's how you interact with your teammates and interact with your coaches. And that shows the younger kids and younger players on your team how to hold themselves throughout the game. Overall, it just helps. It creates a better a better image and of the program on what a varsity player should be overall. So what's some advice you give to those freshmen and sophomores on the team, but also like any middle schoolers or any, anybody that hasn't, isn't like old enough to be in that leadership role if they want to be the best leader they can be? Yeah, what's it like to foster that? And, and you know, all three of you guys have done that for a long time. It's cultivated those skills and really made them what they are today. How do you do that? I mean, I'd say to start just like never be afraid to speak up and voice your opinion because part of it if you're if you want to be a really large leader on a team 
you're going to have to talk in at halftime, talk to your teammates about what you see on the field, ask them what they see. So I'd say for younger kids, just on your teams as you go through games and get older, just always be vocal and talk and know your teammates. Yeah, adding on to that, I think at, at a young age, if you just learn the game really well, then even if you're not the most talented player, you can always be a leader by knowing what's happening and knowing what to do on the field and how to help out your teammates. Yeah, and I think that one of the things that you said, Ned, I, I'm just wondering, I feel like most of the time when I see the captains on the soccer team, they're usually some of the best players on the team. And I would say that about all the captains this year are really good players. Mm -hmm. Both they have an understanding of the game, but I mean, also, I mean, they've got good stats and they play the game really, really well. Do you think that, I know you said that that doesn't really go into it, Zach and Ben. Do you think that that's part of it, especially as, I know that it's a it's more of a like a voting process for who captains are. Do you think that your abilities on the field play a role in selecting those captains? So I think that like being a leader, obviously you don't have to be good at the game, but I do feel like being like selected as a captain, it is beneficial if you're better at what you're applying for. So like being better at soccer would definitely help because you're gonna like look up to like whoever is like the best kid and like you're gonna like try and like mimic what they're doing. So I do think that being like like a senior on the team, like people are like looking towards you and uh, yeah. I mean, I'd say also just IQ, like just soccer IQ or whatever sport you're playing, the IQ you have for that game really can help you be able to shine because if you know where you're supposed you don't necessarily need to score all the goals or make all the assists but if you are in the right gap that covers the through ball that could lead to a goal or you hustle back when your wing backs up pressing to stop a counter-attack I mean just the little IQ things that can really make big differences in the games can lead to a lot of leadership um so you guys, I'd say, I mean, not only you three, of course, but I'd say you guys are part, of, are part of, like, the face of this team, and when people would be highlighting, like, who to look for on the field, it would be you guys, and since you, um, like, the whole team in this past, the past, since we've been in high school, has had a ton of success, do you feel pressure to perform and keep that success coming? I mean, there's, like, a little bit of pressure, but at the same time, it's also, like, kind of, like, like you get to be like proud to like be represented and like like you are like like who the team is. Mm -hmm. Yeah, Clayton has been at least ever since we've been in high school been a very very good soccer team. Unless you play Ladoo. <laughs> okay. <laughs> um yeah, but I don't really feel I don't think any of us really feel pressure to live up to to uh, like what's happened before us since there's still a lot to be accomplished. Like past three years we haven't won a district championship so I think we can still build on that and do that this year um so switching gears a little bit so how a lot of transitions have come this year one just losing a ton of seniors which I know of course you lose seniors every year but there were just so many um that were gone but also a whole new coaching staff how have you guys taken that has it been easy or I mean, what's that transition been like? Um, well, yeah, it was it's definitely a big change for the coaching staff since at least uh, all three of us 
had been very used to having Redmond and Shappy as our coaches. Shout out Tom Redmond. Shout out Shappy. <laughs> yeah, and and they were and they were very good coaches, and um and we and we all miss them I think, but having a new coach it just provides new opportunities and it allows our team to be kind of a different team than it was last year. And it gives the team like a fresh start. <clears throat> so I think like every coach has their pros and cons, and I think uh, Taylor's a great coach. And like this year, something that we did not do last year was we have like 5:45 a.m. practices, which I feel like really like motivates the team to like become better, and it like brings us all together. And you get IHOP afterwards, which yes, is always do. pretty nice. <laughs> yes, yeah, very good. So if you ever see the Clayton soccer team at IHOP at around 6.45 in the morning, you know that they've just been running a whole lot. They've been grinding. Yeah. I never see the baseball team do that. <laughs> so what are, you, are you at IHOP normally yeah. at 7 a.m. in the spring? Often. <laughs> okay, okay. Fair enough. Brian never stops. <laughs> we, should, we should have the baseball team come pop out at, yeah. at your practices. I don't think the, the baseball team does enough running to be worthy of eating IHOP. I don't think it's also morning, true. But. Yeah. <laughs> You know what, really quick, I want to go back to the players. So, like, losing guys like Andrew Matheny and Rohan Trapathy. Also, I'd say Adam Schmidt. Yeah, Adam Schmidt, too. I mean, a lot of guys and, you know, people that are playing at the next level, losing those guys, how does that change physically the makeup of the team and, and how you play the game? Um, well, all those players were very good leaders, and they definitely represent our team really well. Um, so it is like a huge loss to not have that sort of presence on the team. But, I mean, we still are doing our thing. We still have people that have filled in their roles. So it's... Yeah, yeah. like Adam, or like Ned said, um, I feel like, I don't know, I see it almost as like an opportunity as like now like being a senior, like we get to like step up into their shoes now. And then we also get to pull from the lower levels having like three freshmen on the team now and starting two of them right now. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I really quick. I the freshmen. I, I was at the Webster game, and freshmen just have been playing really well. Yeah, yeah. How does how do you feel? I mean, it's rare to not only have freshmen on on the varsity level, but having three that are starting is is a big deal. Is that exciting for you guys yeah. to get to see some young players that you know are really gonna mm-hmm. take up the game well? Yeah, it's definitely very promising to see to see how how good all or how well all of them are doing. Um. So talking about that Webster game, and for those who couldn't tune into the live stream, it's a very close game. Nine minutes left. Nolan Waits had a huge goal, followed by a backflip. Um, and then with 15 seconds left, Webster scored on the breakaway to send it into overtime. So how is that like changing your mindset? You're seconds away from getting a dub, and now you have to play some extra soccer. I mean, obviously it's devastating. You think you're less than 15, 30 seconds away from winning the game and then they scored the goal and feels like all the momentum has shifted onto their side as they're celebrating on their bench and then but then we regrouped together on the bench and just we calmed down and we were like we got this and we just pushed through together as a team through the next 20 minutes of overtime and then through the penalty kicks we knew Stewart was going to be great back there during the penalty kicks. He got in their heads a little, caused him to miss the shots. I mean, what do you expect? It's Webster kids. So, <laughs> so Stewart, I, I want to go back to that. So I'm standing over there with a notebook because I'm keeping stats, which I'm very bad at. And I'm looking and I'm trying to see what's going on. And I hear Stewart yell, you're going to shoot right here. And he reaches out his left hand and he's like, you're going to shoot the ball right here. And then... He shoots the ball right there, and Stewart, Stewart makes the save. What was that like? 
watching that happen. I mean, I thought that was I awesome. was I was really proud of Stewart because I feel like during the during the off season or preseason, he didn't like show like very much emotion or his I mean, or his personality that much. But during that game, he really he really flourished and he really showed us what he was about. Yeah, I mean, obviously stepping up into the first spot of a varsity team that had. Andrew and and Adam also was obviously probably hard for Stewart hearing the people talk about last year oh we're losing Adam and Andrew what are we going to do for goalie but I think Stewart's really filled the shoes very very well he's done amazing overall and he just keeps getting better every day in practice you can see his confidence grow he's becoming more comfortable with the team showing his personality I just think he's really fit in very well with everybody. So I also want to talk about a little bit the penalty shots. So Zach, you went up there to take a penalty, and Ben, you had an injury, which I will get to in a little bit. But um, Zach, what's it like <laughs> getting up there to go take the shot? How do you decide where to go? What, what's that process like for you, or at least this past game? I mean, the past game, Stewart had just made the save, so that uh, that boosted my confidence a lot, knowing that. I could go up and make a huge difference making that shot. And I mean, you always just have to stay confident in your decision and where you practice. You should go every time. You shouldn't second guess your decision as you walk up. And then just like a free throw or anything that you just have to repeat over and over, you just got to do the same run up every time. And then just hit it low into the corners or wherever you want to go. And it, you just got to put it home and do what you got to do. Um, so from what I've heard, of course, because I can't say I've really taken a penalty shot in soccer before. <laughs> Sam back in the rec days was an expert penalty taker. <laughs> I was, but I, I can't really say I remember a lot about from those days when I was 10 years old. But um, uh, would you say it's true that penalty shots are all mental? Would you disagree with that? I would say that it's probably 80% mental and then 20% just repetition of skill. In knowing what you're gonna do because I feel like you can practice all you want and put all the shots in the same spot if you want but then when you get up there you just got to be calm and know what you're gonna do and not let the nerves get to you and just do what you do in practice and not waver under the pressure so Ned were you excited to go up at the possibility of taking a penalty shot um, <laughs> as as the center back and maybe one of the uh, hardest kickers, maybe not the most accurate? What you, <laughs> um, you know, I feel like if I went up there, I, I would have been pretty confident that I was going to miss it. <laughs> yeah, okay. Fair enough. Yeah, I don't, I, I don't really partake in any sort of shooting or dribbling or anything I, like that. I especially will, with the left foot. Yeah, especially <laughs> with the left foot. Ned uh, went around multiple times ran around the ball to use his right foot in the game, which was very impressive. <laughs> yeah, it's a yeah. signature it's, move. He's, he's fast enough that it works. Yeah. It's, it's unbelievable. And right as the penalties were going on, Ned turns and looks at me and he goes, I hope I don't have to take a <laughs> <laughs> I mean, yeah, it, it was the same situation last year during PKs. I'm pretty sure out of our, well, like, 23 players, I'm pretty sure I made sure I was the last person on the list <laughs> that had the opportunity to take a kick. How many career shots do you think you have in-game? I remember... Um, freshman year. Was that one shot? No, freshman year against, uh, it was at Afton. I remember we were up like, like 5-0. I had a shot on goal. And I thought I was going to go in, but then didn't go in. And I'm pretty sure 
It's like one of my own shots. <laughs> so were you celebrating that you even got a shot on goal? I was pretty happy. Yeah. I mean, Ned might not get very many shots, but sophomore year he dropped a beautiful assist oh, in yeah. one game. It was just <laughs> one of the best passes I've ever seen. Yeah, where I, where I lack in um, in goals or assists, I definitely make up with. I definitely make up for it in yellow cards and <laughs> your physical. Yeah, play. Red, red cards after the game. Also. Yeah, so yeah, so Ned, is. tell us about what it was like getting a red card after the game. <laughs> um, it was pretty disappointing because I felt like I shouldn't have deserved, I, I didn't deserve the red card. And it obviously meant I couldn't play in the next game. And then our coach decided I shouldn't play in the next, next game. <laughs> Benner, Zach, do you want to tell us what happened when Ned got the red card? So we lost the game against Parkway West and then Ned goes up to the ref and says And he had already previously had a yellow card. He had card. a yellow card. He goes up to the ref and says, Good game, ref and then he calls he goes over to Redmond and begins talking to Redmond and Shappy tells Ned to leave and run away <laughs> as he's telling Redmond that Ned sarcastically had said good game, so he was gonna give him a second yellow card. Wait, resulting so in what I thought happened was Ned said like good game ref and then I thought he walked away and then like said under his breath like just kidding or like that was sarcastic <laughs> or something. Honestly, honestly, I give us the true story. Yeah, give, give us the true story. Honestly, I don't remember what I said, but all I know is no, after no. I, I was walking away. I was walking away and I said something under my breath. It wasn't meant to be heard by anybody. Like it, it really wasn't meant to it was just me being mad at myself that we lost. <laughs> But um, I mean, it was funny, you know, and, so like, and we ended up. Here. Yeah, I'm fine with it. It was, <laughs> it was like my, I mean, it was like my third yellow card, I think. And of the week? No, of my of my career. Of the day. <laughs> um. Yeah. It wasn't. It wasn't that bad. Um. Obviously, coming with the pandemic, this is a very interesting season, to say the least. Um. So what do you guys think about the let them play movement? But also, are there times you guys feel uncomfortable playing or practicing or any teammates um, feeling that way? I mean, personally, I've, I've never felt unsafe playing a sport. I, I've played sports all summer long and, and all fall long, and I just never felt unsafe doing anything. And nothing bad has happened to me or anybody I know, so... And also, we're not just, like, completely risking it. Like, before practice, we all have to show up with masks on, and we all get our temperature taken before we do anything, before we are allowed to take our masks off in practice. And I just feel like it definitely, like, it helps. And it makes, like, it creates, like, a safer environment. Yeah. Now, I do remember when we were practicing for baseball last year, we, uh... Coach Suker would come, shout out Coach Suker, he would come <laughs> and take our temperature, and I remember one time I was 91, which I believe is <laughs> way below the state of hypothermia. I believe on Saturday, everyone came in around 80 to 85. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> it's because, well, to explain a little bit, they've got like a, it's like a gun. Oh, yeah. And shout out, you, shout out John Woodworth, because he actually <laughs> found a... $130 thermometer. At, at, at Kirkwood, and he decided to keep it instead of selling it. <laughs> He's dedicating it to the team. It's really selfless act by him, not Good taking him. the money. The Woodworth, the Woodworth thermometer. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. So, like, if you are holding these way too far from your forehead, you, like, aim it at your forehead, probably, what, like, two inches away or so, it pretty much says you have hypothermia. <laughs> Which, and then if you hold it too close, it says you're, you're like, 
115 degrees, so there's no really wind. It's kind of just a shot in the dark. But other than that, you guys think you're being pretty safe as a team and other teams just like as a soccer community. Really. I think also like outside of soccer, like not just at practice, but we have to like make smart decisions to like not like jeopardize the team in the season. Mm. Yeah. yeah, on top of that, then if potentially someone were to have some, be in contact with someone that were to contract it just to do the right thing and stay home and not potentially risk our season being over. Yeah, I think that's definitely true for just high school sports in general. And I think, you know, it, it's an example of responsibility and, and, you know, your actions do represent your team. And so that makes a lot of sense and, and uh, good that you guys are thinking about it. Mm-hmm. So uh, one other thing we wanted to ask you about was now moving into a little bit higher level soccer. Uh, are you excited for the MLS team to come to St. Louis? Um, I'd this say is, I just want to say this was not edited. That was a very long wait time. They had to take a second to think about it. <laughs> I'd, I'd, say, I'd say I'm excited, but at the same time, I mean, obviously, the competition in the MLS versus the rest of Europe is nothing. And I'd say if there are any good players coming to the MLS, like world-class players, they're either 18 or 19 and leaving for Europe, or... 35 and at the end of their career <laughs> so I mean it'd be nice to go see the world-class players come at the end of their career and watch them play like I assume Ronaldo will come eventually and other players like that so you don't think what is it, St. Louis City as he has a shot against Juventus like a pretty bad name but <laughs> <laughs> I mean I think everyone's gonna lose to David Beckham's team because he's just gonna get all the European players <laughs> Fair enough. Do you think that it might help grow soccer in St. Louis? Because well, I know this is a little different, but still in a broader sense, kind of similar. When the Blues won the Stanley Cup last summer, the amount of hockey players in St. Louis like skyrocketed. Do you think something similar might happen with soccer? I mean, soccer, at least what it seems like, is a pretty big deal in St. Louis. So I don't know if the MLS team's going to make it explode that much more, but hopefully it'll help. Yeah, for sure. I mean, Zach, yeah, I mean, because it didn't seem like you were all that excited. Will you be going to games, though? I mean, I know we'll be in college, but, like, if you're back and stuff, would you be happy to go to a game? Or yeah, not? I'd be happy to go to games. I mean, obviously, it, yeah, I'd go to some games. <laughs> Speaking of college, are any of you guys thinking about playing in college? Not soccer, but maybe maybe a little be baseball? Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> I mean, have you, have either of you guys talked to Andrew or Rohan about their experience um, at college? No. Um, <laughs> I mean, it seems like like at least Rohan is having a great time playing soccer. Well, just the other day um, in our old group chat, I'm pretty sure Matheny and Rohan were talking about it, and one of them said that they were not able to play it, but they were yeah, practicing. Um, that was Andrew. Yeah, Andrew can't play until like next week, I think. Shout out Andrew at Huge. Fugent sound. Fugent sound. So, Ben, um, at the Webster game, you had a pretty hard, there was a pretty hard play, and uh, you went down and had a little neck neck injury. What happened? Yeah, so I was taking a kid one-on-one, and I beat him, and I think our bench was getting hyped up, and then he didn't like it too much, and he pushed me from the back, and I rolled over. No, I got got pushed. Um, The player was... 
if you're wanting Robert Percival, if you want to like throw him some, <laughs> some shade in the DMs, that's his name. Yeah, just if you're wondering. And I rolled on my neck, and it did not feel very good, and it still doesn't. Was that, I mean, how frustrating is that, especially coming, you were just in a boot for like a week and a half prior. Is that frustrating? Yeah, it's especially frustrating because like senior season, like I really want to play, and I really feel like I could contribute and help the team out. Um, and like, I don't know, I don't usually get injured. So it's frustrating. <laughs> I mean, <laughs> it's hard to break the cube. I mean, have you guys been making fun of Ben for getting hurt twice in like yes. two weeks? Oh, a lot. He yeah. looks he looks very goofy in his little situation. He's wearing like a. Describe us what you're after. All right, so I pu- I pull up to the games with my lawn chair, a hoodie, and my neck brace slash airplane pillow. The Kirkwood JV team made sure to make fun of me while we were uh, oh the JV <laughs> team yes oh. I'm sure you felt did you clap back yes I did I mentioned that they were all on JV <laughs> <laughs> um what are some goals you guys have going into this year especially your last year Clayton win a district championship I agree that's all yep. that's it that's it and beat Ledoux doing it or any team honestly I don't yeah. care no I think I'm, I think all of us have had especially me and Zach playing. Three or Zach playing three, me playing four. Just I'm losing. playing two and a half. <laughs> just just keep on losing to them in the district championship game when our team is most years just better than their team. Yeah, I think also making sure to get the ice bucket on Ben this time might be a big goal for the <laughs> yeah. team. I think also our schedule's a lot harder this year than it has been the past two years. So I think that will help us in preparation for districts because we'll be a lot more prepared and have a lot more battles that will have to go through compared to years past where I'd say sophomore year our average goal differential and wins was probably like five goals and then we killed a ton of teams last year also I think a lot of harder games will help us be ready for those district opponents. I know that's something that Coach Zucker talks a lot about for baseball is playing that harder schedule so that we're ready when we're getting into that those that postseason time so that we know what we're getting into and maybe have that experience of playing those harder teams you're looking at it, as a, at it as a positive, right? Yeah, definitely. Correct. And so that harder schedule, in doing that, you might be forfeiting up, you know, higher seed, but you'd say it's worth it? Yeah, I mean, I feel like the, the past few years, um, we've kind of focused a lot on our ranking in, like, the uh, in the state or whatever, since it's been pretty high the past few years. But this year, I think with our really hard schedule, it'll be pretty hard for us to to live up to what has been the past, to, to live up what our record has been the past few years, but it definitely has made us put more of emphasis on the end of the season instead of like peaking during the middle of the season. Right, yeah, with that, I just say it will help us be ready and be at the best form we can be at the end of the season. Being able to have having to play these harder teams will teach us how to move the ball more and play when we're tired, move the ball when we're tired, and get better chances with more advanced systems and better teams with better players. So I think overall it will just help us in those tough games that are going to be cold and hard-fought games at the beginning of November. Yeah, I mean, one of the things that I'm thinking about right now is this might be one of the first times in the past few years that Clayton might be looked at as more of an underdog team because the past three years at least, Clayton's gone into uh, conference games really doing very well. Do you think that that might be an advantage this year coming in, maybe a little more scrappy and hungry? Yeah, I feel like um, I feel like a lot of times teams just really want to take us down. I remember our sophomore year, we were like seventeen and zero, and Perfect West or Perfect West came in 
to Gayfield, and they they had a lot of fans, and they brought a lot of energy, and they were our first loss. It was our senior night too, I think, right? No, that wasn't our senior night. They, I mean, it was also our like eleventh game in thirteen days. Yeah, so, I mean, and they, they got it easy. Yeah, <laughs> they were they were definitely out to get us. Nothing the past past few years, every team has been out to get us. I mean, maybe this year we can be that team that's out to get other teams. Um, so speaking about fan, like you're talking about all their fans from Parker West coming to Gayfield, is is that been inter- Like, what's that experience been like with no fans? Or have you noticed really? Well, we haven't had any home games yet, but it, it is different out of away games. For yeah, sure. it's it, it's always a lot of fun <laughs> when like when the when the opposing team's fans come out and they they heckle you and they and they try to make <laughs> your your time really hard. So it's definitely a lot different this year, but I mean it'll still be fun. Yeah, I mean I think I can speak for all of us. It's fun to play the silencer at away games and just yeah. they're heckling you all game and then just silence them and then beat them I say that that's one thing that I'm gonna personally miss throughout the away games this season mm-hmm. so who are some guys to look out for that we should be we should, um definitely Max definitely Max Max is Max Vong that's his last name okay he's he's very good yeah he's a freshman too and, and yeah. he plays right back yeah. And I was extremely impressed with his first game he, mm-hmm. he really was poised and, and for coming out as a freshman was was really playing well. Yeah, he also has has like a little a little chip on his shoulder always. It seems like he because you beat him in practice, you shove him down. What? <laughs> <laughs> no, who doesn't shove down? I was talking about how after he scored his PK, I saw him talking talking trash to the to the posting team's goalie. After he made the goalie dive before he shot the PK, yeah, which was, was very cold. Was pretty little, nasty. Little dirty. He had, dirty. <laughs> he, he had a little Bruno Fernandez. Yeah, a little stutter in there. It was nice. Yeah. So I know you guys have a pretty deep bench. How does that does that in, increase your confidence going into games? I mean, yeah, it's always nice to have a deep bench and just know that you can give everything you got during your shift and be able to have someone who's just as capable as you coming on the field to back you up. I think that really just brings the team morale up as a whole. Has it been easy to have team bonding during pandemic times, or has it been a little more difficult? Shout out IHOP and Original Pancake House. They've been <laughs> always helping us out. Yeah. Both those places have, have been a lot of fun. Official sponsors of the team? Unofficial. One Unofficial. Day. One day. One okay. Day. <laughs> Let's get Greyhound time on that. Eli Milner. To wrap things up, we want to continue with a staple of Greyhound time. Shout out Jimmy Malone and Armand Siraji. Can we get you guys to describe your three varsity coaches with one word? I'll take uh, Coach Dorsey. I think the best word to describe him is drip, since he always comes to practice wearing the bucket hat, the... The uh, the joggers and the high socks. Okay, yeah. he doesn't wear joggers. <laughs> shorts with sandals. He's like and the cargo high shorts. Socks. I'm trying to think. Is he rivaling Shappy with the do rag, or is he got him beat? He's got a bucket. Hat. No one could beat Shappy. <laughs> all right, all right. I'll take uh, Coach Taylor. I would say one word that would describe him would probably be brave because he's coming into a completely new situation uh, during a pandemic and working with a completely new staff and a new team. He has to like meet like tons of new people and like build new relationships while trying to like build the team up at the same time. And I feel like it's just like a lot to like live up to and he's like ex- a lot of like high expectations. I'll do coach Briggs. I'd say one word I would use is intelligent. I'd just say he's played soccer for SLU. He's played D1 soccer. He knows a lot about the game, a lot of different systems, a lot of different looks. He just knows 
how where people should be and just helps everyone get to know the game better. Awesome. So we want to thank you guys so much for coming on the podcast. It's been a ton of fun. You can check out Ben, Ned, and Zach on Instagram at Ben6Brewer, N.Thompson23, and ZStapleton underscore 09. Make sure to tune into the live stream to watch the Hounds in action this Saturday, October the 10th at noon against the John Burroughs Bombers. And a big game to be looking forward to in the near future, the Hounds on <clears throat> Saturday, October the 17th are taking on the Ledoux Rams. <laughs> Make sure you follow CHS Athletics YouTube channel. We need 1,000 subscribers to be able to live stream all Clayton Athletic events, which will allow parents and grandparents who cannot attend the games to be able to watch their grandchildren or children play their sports. Also, make sure you follow this Clayton Greyhounds Twitter account. You're welcome, Kristen, to follow for more updates. Also, follow the uh, the Clayton Soccer Instagram at Clayton Soccer. Are there any? Is it spelled weird or is it just normal? Man? It is spelled the normal way. <laughs> As always, we want to thank the Greyhound Time Board, the legend himself, Justin Hildebrand, and our executive producers. Make sure to check us out on Instagram at Greyhound Time or check out our YouTube channel. If you want to follow me or Adam on social media, Adam is at Adam Jaffe1229, and I am Sam SIW4K. Thanks for listening, and go, go Hounds! Hounds.